signals for the Baltimore Colts. Unitas gives to Amici. The Colts are the world champions. Amici scores. That's amazing. Sensational. Dramatic. Hard-running. Exciting. Thrilling finish in the history of college football. California has won the big game. Go crazy, folks. This is Phil Steele. This is Mike Burnham. This is Wes Durham. This is Mike Ashley. Woo, mercy, this is Handsome Jimmy Vane, the Boogie Woogie Man. Hey, guys, I'm ESPN's Marty Smith, and you're listening to Big Dog Sports Talk with Rick Watson. Are you ready to rock? Are you ready to rock? Okay, let's do it. You're in the doghouse with Rick Watson and Big Dog Sports Talk on the WRAD Talk Network, 101.7, 103.5, and 1460. Simulcasting on 710 WFNR. Streaming online at WRADradio.com and the TuneIn app for your phone. Join the conversation now on the Long and Foster Baker Team Hotline, 540-639-4900. Now your host, Rick Watson. Rick Watson. Don't touch me. Hey, Ray. Hey, sugar, tell them who we are. Well, we're big rock singers. We got golden fingers. And we're loved everywhere we go. That sounds like us. We sing about beauty and we sing about truth. At $10,000 a show. Right. We take all kind of pills to give us all kind of thrills. But the thrill we never know. It's a thrill that'll get you when you get your picture on the cover of the Rolling Stone. Rolling Stone. Wanna see my picture on the cover? Stone. Wanna buy five copies for my mother? Yeah! Wanna see my smiling face on the cover of the Rolling Stone? That's a very, very good idea. I got a freaky old lady named a cocaine kitty who in broad zone. It is the Monday edition of the program. Hope you're doing daddy. Okay, wherever you might be. Driving my limousine. Don't we all just want to be on the cover of the Rolling Stone? Call us up on the Baker Team Hotline, 639 4900 Text line at 744-2990. You can email Rick, capital R, at New River Radio. This song, part of when you're younger and your childhood memories, I remember down here at the... um, the theater in Fairlawn, down here, you know, next to uh, the Kroger and what used to be uh, Kmart and everything else. This song used to be prominent in their early, like when you'd get to the movie theater and they'd play, they'd have the lights, you know, half on, a little dimmed, and they'd be playing music. And the cover of the Rolling Stone, I remember that vividly, would play a lot. <laughs> in the old the theater down here the plaza cinema whatever it's called so you'd go to the golden galaxy hang out and play some video games kill some time before the movie and then you'd go in and you would wait for the movie to start and amongst the selection of songs would be cover the rolling stone from dr hook 
So there you go. Uh, coming up, Marva will join us at 7.05. And then we'll have uh, Tim Thomas from the Tech Lunch Pail coming up at 8.35. All that's coming up a little bit later on today on the program. And I hope your weekend went all right. Um, didn't have any, any football. That doesn't count yesterday with whatever that was, the flag football game. That was pretty bad. really was. Um, just really bad. I mean, I, I get it. I understand why they don't play the game, right? I, I understand nowadays. It's just injuries and so forth. Nobody put any effort in it. I, you know, that game probably needed to go away. And I guess they did the best they could with the flag football. Right, I mean, I guess they they tried. It, it, it's fine. It's it's not offensive. It's fine. Thank goodness we had college basketball. But everything to me, um, this weekend, and it was a great college basketball weekend. You know, for Radford, they've won nine in a row. They're now tied for first in the Big South. Tech got a a must win against Virginia, which um, they had to have to have any hope at all of trying to stay in in any kind of at-large or bubble conversation heading into the postseason. And we were standing around Deadman. It was alumni weekend. And we were standing around Deadman, you know, talking to some former players, and it was very festive. And this is about, I don't know, an hour and a half before I went on the air at 1.30 with the radio network. So you're looking at a little afternoon, right at noon. And I look down and Keon is calling me, Keon Brown, who you know um, through the show as our basketball correspondent. And I knew Keon had the Longwood game on ESPN+. And I thought maybe he was calling about something about the teams or something. And he was, um, I got to a spot where I answered the phone and he sounded upset. And um, he was the first to tell me that um, the Highlanders lost one of their family members on Saturday morning, uh, a couple hours before the game, is Cameron Jones, who played basketball down in Roanoke, um, lost his life on Saturday. And Apparently it was a car accident. No other details have have been released. Um, Cam was a, a terrific young man. Beyond his amazing basketball skills, which he had, I mean, he was a terrific player. Um, he was known throughout the Roanoke Valley. He has a big AAU circuit reputation, and he played uh, at Patrick Henry High School. Um, he was playing prep ball, and then, of course, came to Radford for two years to play for Mike Jones. And he was an All-Big South uh, Conference honorable mention player, averaging 15 points per game in his second year. And then he played professionally in Denmark. So that news came, and there will be articles written. I know Mark Berman's gathering information about it and so forth. But, you know, I know it just it just hit me hard. You know, um, Cam, a terrific guy, and 
you're sitting there and you're celebrating seeing all these former players and you become very close to these young men and and their lives and so forth. And then you have to sit down when you get that news and then you have to do a broadcast and it's difficult. You know, it's tough to do. And I guess it comes back to some realizations and, and some thought processes that kind of hit me later on that evening about the fragility of life and where we are in the world now. And it seems like everybody hates each other and you see all these viral things on social media or people are attacking people or, you know, having confrontations just because they disagree. The world is, is the world is a, a really evil place. It really is. So we do the best we can to spread as much positive vibe as we have into other people, into other things like sports and the good things that come out of it. And the best thing that comes out of it is these young people, when they leave the university with their degree, hopefully, and they go on in their lives and, and can start being adults. And, um, boy, you get this news, and it just it just kind of – to be honest, it just superseded everything else. It really did. It just uh, the game, the um, the rest of the day, the rest of the weekend, right? And um, talked with uh, Coach Jones, Mike Jones, last night in depth about Cam and what he's going through, and it, it's a sad time. It really is. It's a sad time um, when you lose someone, especially somebody who is still fresh on your mind so much coming through Radford. Um, but uh, it was a, it was a heavy day, it really was, and you know it's been a tough time. Radford's lost a lot of their basketball alumni over the last couple of years. Some uh, gentlemen a little older, but in this case, you know, you're looking at a young man who graduated in 2016 and started his professional career. Um, so our, again, our thoughts and uh, all of our prayers go out to Cam's family. And I'm sure we'll find out more and more about what happened um, coming up probably today. And um, boy, oh boy, just uh, put a dark cloud over the whole, the whole thing uh, for a lot of people, even though we were celebrating so many positive things about Radford Hoops on Saturday. Again, the Highlanders won their ninth straight, and Radford is now tied for first as it was uh, Daquan Smith who had a career-high 24 points. He kind of carried Radford's offense as it was a battle with Winthrop. It always is. 69-66 was the final score. Highlanders had to rally late. They got out-rebounded, which has been a problem for them in recent games, but they've still found a way to win. And it's um, it's been a nice run for this team. Really nice run for this team. And uh, the Winthrop Eagles and everybody in the Big South, Asheville lost on Saturday at Upstate. And that meant uh, that means right now that Radford is tied for first. And we're back on the old national TV thing on ESPNU on Thursday. So please come out, hang out with us. We'll be moving over strictly to radio from ESPN+. Plus, but come hang out with us and spend some time at the Dedman Center and See if you can win number 10 in a row and uh, see what happens. Uh, Gardner-Webb comes to town, who's playing very, very well. 
And then the next week, UNC Asheville comes back to Dedman, and that game is scheduled for ESPNU. So um, kind of unprecedented, to be honest, to have three home games broadcast in the same year. Radford's getting basically three games in a month. I can't remember that happening, to be honest, with this TV package that the league has with ESPN. But any event... That's the case this week on Thursday. And we'll see if the Highlanders can keep it going before we head to Charleston Southern this coming weekend. So a lot of good stuff. Good crowd for alumni weekend. It was great to see a lot of the old players come back. And again, though, we uh, we celebrated and heavy hearts kind of prevailed as the afternoon went along once the news spread uh, about um, Cam Jones losing his life. So we'll get into uh, the rest of college basketball. We'll break down Virginia Tech. We'll get into that further with Tim Thomas coming up. Um, it was a must win for Tech. You know, Tech actually went into that game favored. They were favored by a point, point and a half, something like that. So that was kind of one of those deals where uh, people are going to look at that on the surface and say, oh, that was a massive upset. Uh, upset. But really, in retrospect, it wasn't because – much like when Duke comes to Castle and you can go ahead and pencil in a loss, that's three straight times UVA's come to Castle and they've lost. So Tech just has kind of like that little stranglehold over both of those programs when they come to Blacksburg. So we'll get into it. Why did they win? What was it? And once again, um, you know, three-point shooting was not terrible. It wasn't great, but they were able to score inside a little bit more which is something they needed to do instead of always relying on their outside shooting. And um, Pet gets a big win that they had to have, like I said. They, they just, you know, now at 14-9, and 4-8, and eight, now things start to get a little easier for them coming up, games that they should win, and we'll see how they handle all that here in the next uh, week or so as now they try to build back momentum heading into the ACC tournament. Month of February, this is what it's all about. And we're seeing both Tech and Radford playing uh, better basketball, Radford in particular, during this time, carrying it really over from January. All right, we'll take a timeout. We'll come back here on a Monday. Hope you're doing okay. Be safe. When you head out and about today, it's clear. It's not freezing cold, so uh, no precipitation, no heavy winds. So you should have a nice trek. Stay with us. Take the big dog for a walk. Oh, just the big lad walking around all licked up. Listen to Big Dog Sports Talk anywhere with the TuneIn app. More BDSD next on WRAD. Five minutes after the hour. Hope you're doing okay, wherever you might be. Coming out of the weekend. 
639-4900. Text line is at 744-2990. Anything that might be on your mind. Coming out of a uh, college hoops weekend, the Tech women have a uh, big one tonight. They're at NC State, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, that is on ESPN2. Number 13 against number 15 this evening. Big game, say the least. That's a 6 o'clock tip tonight for Kenny Brooks' squad down in Raleigh, North Carolina tonight. Big road game. Should be a pretty high-level contest, too. Two pretty good teams out of the ACC. So, we didn't have any football. We had flag football, whatever that was. Um, And then we had the NASCAR event again in the L.A. Coliseum. And, you know, last year it was lauded as being groundbreaking and they moved it out to the West Coast. And I think there were only five cautions. I think last night there were 25 cautions, something like that. That was a horrible event last night. I mean, you would get maybe a lap or two in and somebody else was crashing and then the laps under caution didn't count. And it was just, it was really, really bad last night. That was not a good, great, that was not a good look or a great start for NASCAR last night in any way, shape, or form. Martin Truex ended up winning the thing. I thought he retired. Maybe he just threatened retirement. I don't know. Something was going on, but not very good racing last night. It was a strange vibe, say the least. Guys running through each other. I mean, small, small area to try to do some things. And look, I appreciate them trying to do something different. I do. I appreciate them creating an event that's out of their regionality, if you will. But that was that was tough to watch last night. Wreck after wreck after wreck. And, of course, it's an exhibition. People always go, oh, season opening win. Well, no, not really. It starts at Daytona. And we'll see if they can recover there. But not a great start at all. But, um, again, coming out of the college basketball weekend, just uh, still kind of a heavy, heavy heart with uh, the loss of uh, Cam Jones and our Radford basketball family. Um, Car accident on Saturday, right before we really got things going with our alumni weekend. So uh, it's been very sobering talk to – uh, yesterday, talked to a few of his teammates, talked with Coach Jones last night. It's, uh, it's a tough time when things like that happen and you lose someone that's so young and was such a, a terrific young person. And we had so many former players that were affected by the news. You know, those guys, a lot of them were a little older. They didn't know him. But, you know, you feel that same – it's family, right? It's the same thing when Tech celebrates their – former players, it all comes back home, right? It's one continuous 
just a continuous life of, of basketball and being associated with a certain program. We'll take a break. We'll come back. We're halfway home here in hour number one coming out of the weekend. 744-2990. We'd love to hear from you. And we hope you're doing okay wherever you might be. And I hope you had a nice, relaxing couple of days if you were able to do that. Stay with us. Don't go away. song I played it coming back and he was really getting into it he had no idea who Joan Jett was none zero <laughs> and then I broke the news to him that hey this is the song that they used for about with her permission for Sunday Night Football and he was like oh okay I can hear it now yeah. we have may have found another June Jet fan and former Highlander Brian Hart. 639-4900-744-2990. Call us up or uh, send us a message here on this Monday as we're just getting started for uh, another week. <sighs> Tech knocks off UVA 74-68. First of all, it wasn't a huge upset. People were acting as if this was some kind of major, oh my gosh, how did this happen? Well, Tech is pretty good. They just haven't put it all together. And UVA, going on the road in conference play, I've said it all along, the toughest thing to do is to win conference road games. And you run into a buzzsaw from time to time, and that's what happened. Tech shot the ball well. What really was the key was being able to score inside. And they needed to see Justin Mutz step up. He's been very inconsistent. You know, a lot was made about him getting paid, and he did. And um, He had 17 points. He had eight assists, which was what was very impressive. Um, Grant Basile had 14 as well. And he had some inside presence. And I thought that was important. You know, they knocked down their free throws. Padula was eight of nine. And Virginia just did not have a good scoring game. Um, the Gardner kid was uh, pretty good. He had 20 points. Uh, Reese Beekman had 15. But this was a, a it was a desperate game for Tech. They needed to, they could not lose to Miami and then Virginia in the same week and have any hope of being involved in any conversation about the NCAA tournament. Right? I mean, let's just be honest about it. Now. Although they're not back in after that win, now they've kind of set themselves up. Now they're in a situation to where they can reel off some 
some dubs. Now, how much it'll help them, I don't know, given who the opponents are. Like BC, for instance, is not good. They're going to win at Notre Dame. They're going to win at Georgia Tech. So you got a chance to build a four-game winning streak. And then all of a sudden, you know, it gets you to 17 wins before the tough stretch of three games with Pitt, Miami, both, however, in Castle, and then at Duke. And that's why this was such a trigger game, which is why we said, hey, one more last chance for Tech. Because then you finish up at Louisville, who's just god-awful, and Florida State's not very good. Now, you have a chance to win. You could, we could conceivably win out going forward. Boy, Mike Young would hate to hear me talking like this. <laughs> Eight games, none of them are, you know, unwinnable. Even the game at Duke. I mean, Tech's already beaten Duke once. So there's not a lot of separation, right? Virginia is widely accepted as the highest-ranked ACC team. What happens? They come to Castle where they don't win, and they don't win again. Not an upset. When you win three in a row against the same team in the same building, it's not an upset. Sorry, there's not. I don't know if there are true upsets in the ACC. Maybe if Louisville were to knock off UVA or Carolina or Duke, somebody like that, Georgia Tech in the tournament, then maybe you're getting into an upset conversation. But really, the league, there's not a lot of separation there. And Tech is just as capable as any of these teams. Now, in the very overhyped, and nobody cared because they're not ranked Carolina-Duke game, which ESPN promoted shamelessly as if it were the only game that mattered, even though they're not ranked, even matter who watches those teams play, they're not exemplary, right? They're not teams you go, whoa, watch out. I mean, Carolina has eight losses. Duke's got six losses. Clemson lost to Miami at home. First home loss for Clemson over the weekend. One thing you can do every year is never, ever buy Clemson basketball. <laughs> you, you put your money against them, especially as you get closer to February, March, you're going to win. You're going to win. I don't think Clemson's got great. Tech lost by one down there, and they were still struggling just getting Couture back. So margin for error, very slim. But at the same time, you can really start to turn things around, and Tech has a chance to do that. And I think they're going to. I really do. I really believe that. I think they're going to have a shot to win out. Now, whether they do or not, I don't know. That's a big task to say you're going to win nine in a row to finish up. But you know what? I don't know anybody who saw them losing seven in a row either. And they did have a six-game winning streak during non-conference heading into conference play. So, who knows? That's why you play the games. I mean, I didn't see the Highlanders' nine-game win streak coming that they're involved in right now. I mean, that's been a very pleasant thing. I mean, it can happen. Being consistent. But that's why this month is, is so much fun 
for college basketball. And Tech has a chance to kind of recreate their um, national personality in terms of Lenardi and all that. You'll start to see them show up a little bit. The only problem with this schedule being what it is is it's not going to help them a whole lot in the rankings. Not going to help them in the net. Playing B.C., Notre Dame, Georgia Tech. I mean, there's three basketball teams that are all under 500, not only in the league, but also overall. I mean, Georgia Tech's 1-12 in the ACC. Notre Dame's 2-10. and And then you have BC's 5-8. and eight. I mean, it's just not going to help them a whole lot, but any win will, so it's kind of a double-edged sword for them. And then you have a chance to really, I mean, three wins after that, Pitt, Miami, Duke, I mean, if you can conquer those, then you're back in business. Then you're back safely in the field and everything is going to kind of relax a little bit and you see if you can go on a run and get over the hump and win an NCAA tournament game, something Mike Young has struggled with the last couple years. But that's a conversation for another day. Right now they'll focus on uh, BC coming up here in a couple days. And it's at Castle, so you don't expect too many entanglements there. And then they should come off of a very successful road trip to welcome Pitt in on the 18th when they go to Notre Dame and to Georgia Tech. Now, granted, I know, I know, before anybody sends a text, I know I just said the toughest thing to do is win conference road games, and it's true. But there are conference road games, and then there are games at Notre Dame at Tech. I think Notre Dame's basically cashed it in with uh, Mike Bray being uh, gone. And Georgia Tech, I mean, you know, 1-12, in 12, it hasn't mattered that they're at home. So just looking at it with two eyes open here, and Tech is a far superior team than any of the next three teams on their schedule. I think they're just now finding their stride a little bit. And it's not a surprise. And what we told you, everybody was saying, well, what's wrong with this team? It was because Hunter Couture wasn't healthy. It affected every element on this team. What they wanted to do with their inside-out game, what they wanted to uh, try to recreate defensively, that's how vital he is. He's by far the most important player on this team. And it showed during his absence. Not knocking anybody else, not knocking Mutz or Padula or Basili or anybody else, but that's the guy they can't lose again the rest of the season. And yeah, I think I do, Wayne. I think 10 and 10, 11 and 9 definitely gets them in. If you have a winning record in that league, I mean, you think about it, if they go 11 and 9, that means they finish up 7 and 1. And that gets them to 21 wins heading into the tournament. Yeah, they're definitely in. Absolutely. I don't think there's any question. And I think they're capable of doing it. I do. I really think they are capable of doing it. I mean, you just saw Tech beat Virginia, right? It was a battle down in Charlottesville, too. You saw Clemson lose at home to Miami. 
Now, Miami beat Tech. You can almost say, because Tech beat Carolina. Granted, they didn't have Baycott. Tech beat Duke. Who in the league is better than Tech when they're cooking on all cylinders? Miami? That might be the only team you can say, okay, since they beat Tech, right? In that shootout, remember, Tech scored 83, but they couldn't defend. They gave up 92. I mean, you could make the argument just based on recent history and where this thing could be. Maybe you can't make it right now, but in a week or two, you might be able to say, you know what, Miami and Virginia Tech might be the best two shots long maybe with Virginia once they get in there and get positive matchups. The best shots they have, two of the three best shots they have to go deep in the tournament. I mean, I'm just giving out scenarios. I'm not saying this is going to happen, but... This is theoretically what can happen. I think there's a positive outlook there for that team. I really do. I mean, you've watched them play, Tech fan. You know when they've got their inside out going and they're defending well enough. I mean, they're a dangerous team. That's what happened last year in the tournament. Everything came together for them during those days, those three days, right? All these things we see when they succeed, like they did against Virginia, we saw successive days in the tournament last year. That's why they were such a difficult out, and which is why nobody could knock them out. And I'm not being a homer. Ray just said I'm being a homer on the text line. I'm just being honest, Ray. We've talked about their deficiencies. Ray, you tell me. And you, I don't know if you watch them play or not, but when you watch Tech play, and they're playing well, like they did against UVA, And really, their offense played great down at Miami. They just couldn't defend. I mean, who looks better than them consistently in the ACC? Sure as hell isn't Carolina and Duke. They've beaten both of them. Maybe Miami. They just beat Virginia. So they split with Virginia. Okay. Virginia's a top 10 team. NC State. They lost by four to NC State at home. That was back without Hunter Couture. They won't see NC State again until potentially the ACC tournament. Pittsburgh will find out, right? That's on the 18th against the Panthers. First meeting against Pitt in Castle. And then, of course, you got the rematch with Miami coming up. So there's a chance there and a golden opportunity. That's why this, see, this win that they got on Saturday has triggered this whole conversation. It wouldn't be any time spent on any of this if they wouldn't have won the game Saturday. Because then you're looking at being 3 and 9, 13 and 10 overall, and then you're just in desperation mode. But now, see, with a signature win like that, and we'll talk about this with Tim Thomas coming up. Now, with the dreaded Q1 wins and all these different things that we're going to hear about over the next weeks about certain teams, maybe Tech will be included about whether they're in or not. Now, though, it comes into play. It's a logical conversation going forward. And Mike Young never wavered. Kind of reminds me a lot of uh, Brent Pry. Even though Tech didn't have success on the field, he kept the same message. Mike Young never seemed to really panic. 
Because deep down, even though you can't say it publicly because you don't want to single out one guy, he knew once he got Hunter back and he could keep him healthy that this team was going to be okay. Right? He would mention, hey, not having him there is it's hard, but we've got a other good player. He was quick to throw in that, but he did mention that a lot during the streak, if you remember. Not having that guy out there. Maddox hasn't been available, but it doesn't affect the team like Hunter Couture. I mean, Dave makes a good point. They've been playing the last couple of games without Maddox. Very, very true. Very true. But I don't see a drop-off very much because he's not available as opposed to what we saw during the streak. And college basketball is different than the NBA. College basketball, you lose one guy, one guy for an extended period of time can really, really tear you down. (laughs) College basketball is affected by that a lot more. And if you have teams that can play through it, Tech could not. They couldn't win until they got him back and they started to play better. So, I think this team's in a pretty good spot now after that win. I do. I don't think I'm being a homer, Ray. I think I'm just telling it like it is. Maybe I'm wrong. I very well could be wrong. Nothing I say, I don't say, hey, I'm going to be right regardless. No, I could be wrong. They could go into the tank. They might, they might gack it up against B.C., but I really don't see it happening. I think now they're going to build on this win. They're not going to rest on their laurels. They beat Virginia. I think they expected to beat Virginia. Vegas did. They were favored in the game. So other people are thinking like I am that make a lot more money doing this because their whole livelihood is putting those numbers on those games. And if they had Tech favored, I think maybe they sense the trend as well. All right, we'll be back. We'll wrap up hour one, remind you what's ahead in the program. Hope you're okay here on a Monday. The absolute best sports talk in the New River Valley, period. And you can quote us on that. That's the fact, Jack. That's the fact, Jack. More Big Dog next on WRAD. Hope you're well, wherever you might be, here on this Monday. We can't go on together with suspicious Not a horrible start weather-wise to the day. You know, it's February, so temperatures will be in the upper 30s, but we've got no precip coming in. It's great. We love it. Tomorrow, it's going to be near 60, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. I mean... Yes, have some. No nasty frozen precipitation being called for for yet another week. I'll take it. Remember, you heard it here last week, courtesy of uh, Jim from Smithfield. 
We didn't have someone else in studio to go out and check the old shadow. Uh, we took on the whole Stanton Island Chuck. I think that's his name. <laughs> Who agreed with us. Jim did not see a shadow, which means a quicker start to spring. And I think we're already seeing it. Three years running, we've nailed it. By the way, I saw somewhere where Puxitani feels wrong almost like 70% of the time. So... Marva scheduled to join us leading off hour two coming out of the weekend. Hope you're well, wherever you might be. Stay with us.